When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know entirely too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the institution, its history. With me, as always, the skeptic, the voice of the people, the little devil on my shoulder. It's Kristen Studdard. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Joe. It's it's spooky season, and the devil is out. Yeah, I mean, not only is it spooky season, but if we we look at the calendar, we are no longer in mu September excellence. Oh God! Welcome to a new month. Okay, I mean, Kristen. it's not Rocktober. <laughs> no, I will never do Rocktober. I okay. promise you, Rocktober is never going to be what we do. Uh, as you might recall, last year was Toddtober, where we talked about the various Todds who were being inducted. You Todd mean October? Oh, yeah, that's what you, yeah, yeah I, right. I call we it can October. never come to agreement on that. This month is October. I the thing, I do know what we're talking about for this, for today's episode, but I that don't know how it's going to go. help you. Damn. <laughs> I was going to say, is it like October this record? That's fun, but no. This month, uh, we will be welcoming guests who are hosts of their own podcasts about music podtober and so pod it will be a bit of a a crossover or a crocstober no (laughs) no welcome to crocstober 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 crocs so you can get october and crossover the whole thing you don't lose any letters yeah, you just lose the meaning. <laughs> Crosstober. Crosstober is better. Well, listeners, it's not if that. you have, if you have, well, Kristen, it's not that. <laughs> this is this is a classic October situation. It's Crosstober. Welcome to Crosstober. And what? sorry, I mean it's been it's been done. It's been written. Oh, There's no going my. back. It's been You're written in, on your little sheet in your little Google, document. On a Google Doc, yeah. <laughs> Famously uneditable Google Docs. Mm-mm, no, it's in stone. So because of that, like I said, we're we're crossing over with other podcasts. Excited to kick off Crocstober Fest, if it. I may, <laughs> with uh, the host of the What Makes This Song Stink podcast, which is also a, a very enjoyable YouTube channel, Pat Finnerty. Pat, welcome to the show and to Crocstober. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I thought that Subway's Anytober was the worst name. As worse no, as actually, that it could get. Actually, Anytober's still worse. That's yeah. what Subway came up with. Anytober. 
I for a five dollar foot long. And they were never five dollars. It was still always seven eighty nine. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm excited to have you to kick off this month. I'm, and, you know, I want to give you the opportunity before we get into what we're going to do here to talk a little bit about what it is that you do on your podcast. Well, my podcast kind of started from the video series on YouTube that you were talking about where I do videos about shitty songs. Do you curse on this podcast or no? A we lot. Do. You do? Yeah. Okay, good. Big All time. right. So uh started a video series about shitty songs because you got to hear them. Uh, you know, that's the one thing about like bad pop songs is that you don't have a choice. Like you're just, you know, you're not going into a Walgreens like here in Velvet Underground. You know, it's never going to happen. <laughs> so, right. but you know, you are going to hear Train. So I started this video series and then turned it into a podcast because that's what you do. Um, so the podcast form been doing for about one or two months, I'd say. And, mm -hmm. you know, just bring guests on. And Joe, you were one of them. And, I was uh, at a great time. We talked yeah. about Imagine Dragons. And we talked oh, about Imagine boy. Dragons. So with the podcast, it's more of like an interview kind of thing. And like I try to uh, have the guests talk about what songs, you know, really get under their skins, tell stories about them. And then I just kind of jump in because I could usually agree with with what a song stinks or which which songs stink. Sometimes it's like at the end of it, though, we're like, does this song stink? You never know with the podcast. Right. Videos, it's just like my whole life I've been dealing with this song and now I'm going <laughs> to use this as a way to get it out, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, right. That seems like a much more personal yeah. endeavor. Purging of, uh... your own demons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, like Danny California, we've been up against it for a real long time. Oh, and... my gosh. <laughs> and I had to do it. So it took me 43 minutes or something, but I did it. Uh, so the video is there and... if you want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we, we will be taking that concept of of the stinky song and the stinky song <laughs> and folding it into the inductees this year with the rock hall we'll be talking about some especially stinky songs from these inductees but before we get into that i do want to know and i think we should let the listeners know what your reference level is for the rock hall because we have a lot of guests who come and understandably don't know much, don't care. It's not on their radar, as is kind of the case with most people. But where are you coming in on this thing? Oh, the Rock Hall is always. I mean, I'll, the Rock Hall is is. It's not like the first thing that I think about, but it might be like the seventh. You know, like I'm <laughs> top ten. Oh God, I mean, you know, who's getting in, who's not getting in? When I found out about your podcast, I was like, I was elated. I mean, I was just like, wow, these these people. <laughs> um, only talk about the rock hall, which is kind of like what me and certain friends of mine do. Um, so like naturally, so it's just kind of like when I listen to it, I'm, I'm just kind of like, I talk like I'm on it every time, <laughs> like, while well, I'm like, you get, you know, you guys aren't listening, but, but I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's the best. There's only, you know, who's going to induct, you know? So I love, like, I have text threads about friends, like, you know, how many times, you know, is are they going to get Vetter back? Is Vetter um, back? Is Bono in the house? Yeah, who's, like the, who's going to do it? Roll, yes, right. our, our roll, obviously. Yeah, like the Rolodex um, of of who of who brings people in. Black Keys doing Steve Miller, that mm -hmm. was awesome, classic, um, classic yeah, train Steve wreck. Miller, Steve Miller did not care, <laughs> um, and it was just like you know, it's it's moments like that that uh you know um make the hall for me and then the performances like have you ever talked about the love and spoonful performance where where, where john just was gassed and like it's he, sad it's really sad is it still up there i think i think you can find it what year was that 
This would have been 2000. And it was rough. It was like, believe, I mean, God love him. He, but it was like, don't yeah. put him on stage. Like, does the man have a family? Like, do you believe in he magic? Couldn't, he couldn't, like, muster up, uh, like, a vocal at all. Like, it was, his voice was gone. That's when you do the tribute performance. Were we doing these in 2000? Um, to some degree, I, but I, it's a difficult thing to do when if the, the person band wants, wants to, to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's when you you put some other people out there to even just like buffer it. You know, yeah. kind of like you bring out Grohl. So like yeah. Grohl would you sing. Put do you put together into the yeah. same microphone. You turn one down. You turn one up in the mix. Like yep. Let him Chris, think he's playing. <laughs> Kristen, I just met you. I love you. So I feel like that's kind of what needed to happen there. And then there was another moment I wanted to ask uh, you two about, which yeah. that I oh, will never forget, but I cannot find it. Bob Seeger, he did. Right. Uh, he did uh, uh, turn the page. Old time rock and roll, but he sounded like Rolf. He sounded like it was down like seven keys and it was like, just take those old records off the shelf. Oh my God. And, I don't know. And that song stinks, but I didn't know. Like, I think they had it completely. I think it's gone. Like, I think his people from Detroit were just like, hey, Rock Hall, we're not putting that anywhere. They had it deep sixed. Yeah, because I that's I'm not familiar. I thought he just did turn the page because, like you said, there's no evidence. Those old records off the shelf. If you can ever find that, please let me know. I've been dying to see it. I will. If if my memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure that was. Me and my cousin Mike were watching it. And we're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you know, well, that's that's is, also that's beat two thousand four, which was the George Harrison Prince year. So that's a particular disparity in terms of oh like, oh my gosh, the greatest, and then one so bad that even I don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to go at at uh, you know, the the Silver Bullet band by any means, Mr. Seeger, but you know, that was a that was a tough one. It's also, I mean, for you to come in and. And bring us a fact that Joe doesn't know. You know, welcome, yeah. welcome I to mean, the show. Like <laughs> I said, I've I've been talking like I'm on the show. I, every... I can't believe it. No, but yeah. I've, Honestly, learned, and I'm I've sorry. learned so much. I've learned so much. Joe is the sensei, as far as I'm concerned. He's, oh boy. Well, yeah. I'll see if I can find that. I'll I'll reach out to the, to the folks who I think might have their hands on that. You know, okay. we'll, we'll see what we can do. But the other thing with Seeger is it's like he still tours. You know what I mean? He's still yeah. like he still got it. It's not like. John Sebastian from the right. Spoonful, which, you know, they don't tour, you know, so right. that was like a surprise. Seeger, it sounds like maybe just an off night, like something just didn't. I feel, yeah, because I feel like he got better. I feel like certain artists like learn how to be old, right? So it's just like, okay, I can't do like, she was alone in a dungeon. Like, I can't yeah. do Hollywood nights yeah. up there anymore. I can find a key. We can make it a little faster, but the key will go lower. Like, they, they find little moves, like, I'll avoid this high note. Mm-hmm. But I will make it up with this high note. Like I saw the police's reunion. That's like what I was thinking. They and slow Sting, everything down, and yeah. But Sting has his moves where he's like, I can, I can go full Sting on this song. So I'm gonna give people the full Sting on this, and then on this one, I'm just gonna cruise down here. You know what I mean? So it's like I think that Bob didn't know he was in a weird. He was probably 55. 60 he didn't know where he was and now i think when he tours like he has a better understanding of what he can do and what he can't you know it's like the rock hall puts you in in a weird time 
transitioning. It's like mm-hmm. not puberty. It's like, what's the opposite of puberty? It's kind of <laughs> like your voice is like on the way out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's middle age, baby. Uh, right. right. <laughs> Although Seeger, I feel like he has enough songs that sound like they should be sung by an old man. So you can age into yeah. singing like a rock and it's it yeah. like almost sounds better than if a young man's singing it. It's these high guys though. The high guys like it, the high see high guy is kind of like it's gonna get you into the hall quicker than any other way. But the problem is is that you gotta sing them. Then you, know, you pay like the price. Leonard Cohen hasn't had it made, you know what I mean? Where he's just like, you know, right. Always well, I remember down you well at the Chelsea Hotel. Like he never had to work for it. So it's just kind of like I've always wanted to be like the the Johnny Cash style where it's just like Johnny had to hit like a uh, like that was the <laughs> highest note he had to hit. But these right. guys like Seeger are just like spot baby. And if the song isn't sung up there, it's not good really because it needs that. You know, it's like Bob Plant when he does like, hey, hey baby, say the way you move, gonna make right, you yeah. sweat, gonna make you groove. You know. It needs once to be again there. this is i think they all just need to really employ the backup singers in a major way you just let them take it really take high chorus, yeah you and you just cruise on in what's comfortable for you you're still there you're still fronting the band yep let the uh, let the young people do young people things okay Jeff Lynn did that correctly. So I'm a huge ELO Jeff Lynn guy. And I went to see him a couple of years back and he's got a, like a 13 piece band and there's three people in the back and they're going to do some of the moves and it's okay. It's all right. It's like, yeah, Jeff's not going to sing the high part on do you anymore. It's fine. You know, get someone yep. else to do it. So I'm I'm right there with you, Kristen. I think that people need to just utilize, delegate, utilize a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, right. Maybe delegate. Delegate. Do That's it. That's the word we need. You don't have to carry the whole song on your shoulders anymore. You did that already. That's what got you here. Now relax. I hope Metallica does that someday where it's like they have three oh backup God. singers singing like for whom the bell tolls. You know what oh I mean? And Hetfield's just up there just going, Good God. for whom the... He just does the fahuna and then like the three backups. Take over. Yeah, Bell just tolls. let them take over. That's fine. As far as I'm concerned, sure. You can also, yeah. they. this goes for musicians too. You get the double drummers up there. You get another, a couple other guitarists. You play every third note. You wrote the mm-hmm. damn song. Right. Let them play it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> damn. I'm just saying, retire gracefully. Don't, don't push yourself. No, you don't have to. They never will. They no, never I know. will. Impossible. You know? The th- the same thing that got them there is going to be this, the thing that takes them out. But, yeah. <laughs> well, they just love gigging, you know? And it's like, that's the thing. It's like, they love it. And you know, as you get older, like your brain still thinks that you're young. You know what I mean? Your brain is still kind of the same. It's just your body is terrible. You know what I mean? It just gives up. It fails. Oh. But it's like, you still, you know, it's like the stones. You know what I mean? It's like, they could kind of pull it off where it's just like, all right, Keith and Ronnie, what are they playing? What are they playing? But together they become something, you know what I mean? And Mick could still kind of do this enough that like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's that it, it, it works. And people still want it. That's the part that I can't really get it's over lucrative. is that people still really just want it. Everyone thinks it's going to be the, their last tour. So they always go. <laughs> Yeah. My mom's gone to their last tour like six times. It's right. quite a grift and uh, you got to respect it. Right. Farewell. They, I mean, that was kind of like, didn't that's we went and saw Elvis Costello being like, well, who knows? He's still out there. 
He's not yeah. in the who knows yet. I mean, I guess well, he had a health, he had a health scare. He had a health so we scare. Kind of like, oh, he did. Knows? Yeah. And, and so also, yeah. and then we just got to see all the songs played at like three quarter speed. Can I say something about Elvis real Please. quick? Oh yeah. He's, Any he's of the got, Elvises. He's got to take half. He's got to take half the Costello off. Uh, he's got to like, he is over Elvising every single one of his songs to this point where we're like, I get it. Like you sound, you go, Oh, oh, oh on yeah. every song. But like, He's overdoing his own thing. It feels like. Oh, and he was he, getting and behind then he with behind. his band. He goes behind. That's all what we the kept, time. That's what we kept noticing. And is I'm the just band, like, yeah. Stop doing one of those OOs, and you'll be on the on the beat. You can you know what I mean? with it. So I mean, yeah, we we were. It felt like on the verge of walking out. It was getting. It so was ridiculous. it was not an enjoyable show, which is weird because no. we both really like uh, mm-hmm. his. Music. And I've seen him do. I've seen him be great live before, but that yeah particular no, he, tour he can. But I mean, bands on Oliver's Army. He's still watching the detectives. You know, it's like he's still he's a whole track up the last song. Whole, yeah. You know, the other thing though too is this the same thing. It's like there's nobody to tell him that. No, he's gotten to the point where there's nobody who's going to no. step up and be like, uh, hey, man, you're blowing it. Bruce, it's not going to happen. Bruce and Bob, Bruce and Bob and Paul pretty much could be the only ones, but like they would never do that. So they don't it's just care. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're not coming yeah, they to his care. show. They're not taking right. notes <laughs> to, to give feedback. him notes. Exactly. Well, Paul might when they do when he does one night spike in its entirety. <laughs> sure, which you know, I, I haven't, haven't seen that on the uh, on the agenda for Elvis <laughs> recently, but. You know, and Ray and Dave Davies are going to get together and do UK Jive in its entirety right before them, so they can go back. That's I've just always wanted to say UK Jive. <laughs> that album stinks, and I love the Kinks. But go ahead, Kristen. What were you? Oh saying? no, I was I I was thinking about this year's class, and I was like, oh, are we going to have him vote on a ballot? And it's like, no, we already know who's getting in. Literally, I mm-hmm. yeah, you, my you, brain level, your it's, brain was unstuck you know, in time. I've got the opposite where it's like my body's still perfect, absolutely functioning, <laughs> mind going very fast. Definitely. Um, and if our listeners who have listened for a long time have seen your cognitive decline. Uh... <laughs> exactly. We've got it. I, I think I've gotten better over time. I could tell you who's getting in right now. Debatable. It would take me a little bit, though. Uh, I was going to ask, Pat, what do you think of this class? Or is there a... Um, is there like a big snub that drives you wild? Like if you are a hall follower, is there somebody that you think you just can't, you can't respect an institution that doesn't include this artist? Well, I mean, I, I don't really have any per se that I like really feel like I would agree with you, with, with you to a lot, I'm sure on a lot of them. But when I was talking to Joe on, on, on my show, he was just like, he mentioned something that was very interesting where it's like, you never thought about it this way. I don't think you did back then. Like the hall in the 80s and the 90s was just like, yeah, obviously we're going to do the Beatles. We're going to do Bob Dylan. We're going to do all these. And it's morphed, right? As you guys talk about, I'm sure a lot. Constantly. It's like now there's only like, it's like categories. You get seven, right? So it's just like there's a legacy. There's a, I think you refer to as cleaning up the 80s. There's like all, and then there's these like non-cred bands that are just now forcing themselves in like Joba, like Bon Jovi. So it's just kind of like, so you can allow 190s, 180s, 170s, and then like one Elizabeth Cott, right? So it's just kind of like go to the uh, who did we completely forget about? Is Harry Belafonte in this year's class? Yes, he yes. is. Like he's getting in with Judas Priest. Like what the hell is going on <laughs> mm-hmm. here, right? So it's just kind of like what is this place? But it's also like there should be way more or there should be way less. It's like what 
what what what exactly no instead we'll hang out in the miserable middle yeah (laughs) right forever no one's happy (laughs) and nobody's happy and that's just kind of like i've been there i was at the rock and roll hall of fame in 2002 that was the that was the time i went there and you had the john lennon upstairs which was amazing right um i don't know what's up there now is it like is it Chris Martin's, you know, jacket? He's not even in yet, but I mean, I feel like what's what's in the second floor exhibit now? Like, what are they even showing off? It's yeah, like Fred- I'm, I don't keep up on the exhibits, and I can't even remember what was there when we were there. To be perfectly honest, but uh, but like, is Soundgarden in? I, no. They're not in, right? They're not so in. it's just like Chris Cornell dies, and you would think that that would be like, you know, let's get Soundgarden because I think Soundgarden should go in. I it I will think- they will. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of strange how in. out of order it's been, but out of yeah. all of those, you know, I mean, I feel like you got Nirvana, obviously you got Pearl Jam. And I would say that that Soundgarden is, is the three as far yep. as that goes. And totally. then, you know, Radiohead's probably going to have to get in. Oh, all right. They're, oh, they're already, already in. in. Oh, wait, they're in oh, yeah. 2019. Did I oh, get that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, was that the COVID year then? Did, no, did they have it was a- the year before. It was the first year that we went to the ceremony. It was in New York. It was um, the year oh, that... You guys went? Yeah, yeah we yeah, went. We were there. We've Radiohead been going. Didn't. Radiohead did <laughs> Yeah, not. that's what... It, okay, so that was my Ed, question. Like- Ed and uh, Phil went. <laughs> I know. Ed and Phil... That'd be like if I was doing Deadliest Catch, that would be like, you know, oh, I don't know, Captain, uh, do you guys watch Deadliest Catch? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to suggest go uh, a, a swordfish showed up. Well, yeah. Tom York would be like Sig Hansen from the Northwestern. I recently got back in to watch Deadliest Catch. It's amazing. They're still catching crab. They're still putting pots in the water. Anyway, but like, you know, Phil and Ed, yeah. you know, that's... Oh man. And they like, they were like they went in skeptical and by the time they got on stage they were like uh the other guys made a huge mistake. They should be here. Uh Which is Joe's favorite thing to see is watching people realize the magnitude of the hall. Mm-hmm. People who think that it's stupid and then they show up and they're like, "Wait, this is meaningful." We got a yeah. few of those that year because we got Robert Smith as well. Uh, okay, so you had Robert Smith. They showed up, right? Yeah, the all they showed up and every, they played like everybody. Every there were member. like 16 people were, on stage. Yeah, 10 specifically, and they were all on stage. They didn't all play, but like the current iteration of the band played like five songs. Reeves so, and I always like to think that there's like a big rivalry between Robert Smith and Morrissey. Like, I, I don't even know if they even think about each other, but I, I always like to think they do. I don't think, so, the, I don't think they like Morrissey. I believe that's true. Okay, I, good. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm team Smith. I've never been a Smith's guy, which is really funny because it's Robert Smith. And then the band <laughs> yeah, what well, you Smith, said was confusing, which is amazing. I've never put that together. I've, I've never even thought about yeah. that. That's unreal. But like, I always kind of, it's, it's not like Beatles and Stones. I don't do that conversation anymore. I retired from it, but I will yeah, talk about Cure Smith. I'm just a Cure guy. I think that there is a line in the sand and uh, I don't listen to a ton of the Cure, but like, if I'm going to listen to one of those bands, it's the Cure and I could be wrong. Um, but it's always been the band that I will, that I'll take in that. But Morrissey's not in the hall. No, he's not. That's a, that's a huge snub, the Smiths. In it's my a huge snub, but also, I mean, fuck Morrissey in his current uh, iteration. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but also, kinda... you know, we can appreciate the art in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Can Johnny uh, Mark? Can Johnny Mark get in in the Judas Priest way? Because Judas Priest is not. So is Judas Priest. So for your listeners, and I'm sure they know this because you talk mm-hmm. about it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
So Judas Priest is not in as a performer. So we're not going to get Priest on stage. No, 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 no. Here's no, what's going to happen. This is, they're going to get the LL Cool J treatment. And, you know, we just, I love uh, this podcast so we, much. Okay. We just spent last month talking a lot about the musical excellence category, which yes. means a lot of different things. And very recently, what it means is the hall would like to induct someone who is clearly not going to get in through the regular ballot, but needs to get in. Like if we're going to keep going with hip hop and LL can't seem to break through in the ballot, we need to just get him in before we start inducting like Eminem and shit. Yeah. Similarly, uh, I think they would like to move on with heavy metal, but Judas Priest is like consistently, allegedly, and this is like, they don't publish the numbers, but as we understand it, Judas Priest is consistently like at the very bottom of the vote totals. And so they're like, I think, and I would predict also given that some of the health issues with Judas Priest, but a good chunk of them are still around. They're like, let's get in Judas Priest now. They can perform. We can put this to bed. So Judas Priest at the ceremony in a month, no one will really know that they are in a side category. They will be treated the same way as Duran Duran. They will get, get a, speak, a whole. They will get speech. a package and they will get to perform. This is a total loophole thing. This is kind of like how, this is how billionaires don't really have to pay taxes. If they no, find, this is they... much less sinister than that. This is actually for the this good is, of people. This is a good thing. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's a way for the hall to kind of evaluate the issues with the system and yes. correct them. No, but okay. So this is good. This is the good version of, yeah, of this the billionaires is a good not loophole. having to pay taxes. And almost okay. no one will remember that they were in a side category because the ceremony right. and the hall will not treat them that way. They bring it in KK. Is KK coming in for this? That's a good question. Yeah, like, I I know very. I you know I I'm not a big Judas. I don't follow all that stuff. But they're they're invited. anybody anybody who is. I mean, he's included as an inductee, and so he's invited. I I bet he'll come. Okay, a couple of questions for you two um, mm-hmm. that I have. One, a little cool, Jay. Is he? <laughs> It surprises. He is like, more is important Enemy than you think. Public Enemy is, is absolutely he? in. They've been in for many years. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure because I feel like LL Cool J, I think of like, okay, so maybe I just don't remember that time because I was so young. Mm-hmm. Like he, but he I don't think much of him more as a respected rapper. Okay. It is one of those things we talked about it in our episode about him. He has kind of suffered from becoming bigger than a the musician. Music. Yeah. yeah, toys. Like bigger than toys. the music. Yeah. And yeah. exactly. Toys, toys for example. Yeah. Toys you know, man, things you know? things we'll never forget. H2O. But he's like someone who's become a personality rather than a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the history, he's like the first solo rapper. He is, okay, he is. And he's he right is there with like, like Run DMC. Yeah, he is yeah, the absolutely. first solo rapper. Superstar. He's yeah. a superstar. I mean, and you all, see no shade to Curtis Blow, but yeah. you know, this is this is the guy. And you know what can really sell you? Dig up a thread that Chuck D wrote on Twitter, which was just kind of laying it out. LL is raps Elvis. There is no Pac. There's no Biggie. Like he set the template at a time when rap was all groups. He came out by himself. He and the, the and shit he appealed he did. to women yeah. also yeah. unapologetically appealed to women. Like there okay. were things that he did that really changed the game. Created the rap comeback. Don't call it that, but yeah, don't call right. it that. But he you know, he, he had a long career and then pivoted. And I think we're still living in the pivot. 
And so we don't remember if he had just stopped after like he stopped, you know, he stopped making music or like he he didn't make as much music after the aughts. Right. If right. he just stopped and never did another thing, we'd look back on his career and be like, damn. But instead, mm -hmm. we're like, oh, that's the lip sync battle guy. We're like, oh, that's the that's TV NCIS, personality. LA, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he he may have just like been too jacked, too much of a good actor or too good looking of a guy or something like that, where it was just like he became this person. I mean, Mama Said Knock You Out alone should get you in the halls, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I've never turned off a Mama Said Knock You Out. The song's incredible. It's a it's great, great song. And, he's and, got, he, he's got a and he did the highlight performance at last year's induction. Like, yeah. Absolutely. If there was ever any doubt, like he put it to bed during his he, performance. He brought it. Okay. It was unreal. It was like <laughs> amazing. I'm so like thrilled that we were there to witness it. It was incredible. It was yeah, like on, on your feet type shit. And nobody, nobody came close that night. Okay. I trust you sweating. and I trust everything that you're saying about all the artists that are saying there's no Pac without Ella. Like I totally believe that. I know that I wasn't informed enough on LL Cool J, but I still don't care that Jay Leno was a good comic in the 70s. I don't care. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people because every single comedian is going to tell you that Jay was the best. And I'm like, I don't care. I've never seen it. All I saw was that rotten, that rotten talk show forever with Iron Jay and Jay walking uh, in the cars. I don't care. So I'm I'm okay with LL Cool J. I know that he's good. Jay Leno, I still don't care about. Sorry. Yeah, that's those are both correct opinions. Okay, mm -hmm. we're gonna cover all the Jays. Yeah, we'll cover the Jays. Today. That's waiting for LL us in cool. Jaycember. I know. Yeah. LL <laughs> LL Cool J Leno. I know they really uh -huh. combine in a way that I don't want to see whatever that monstrosity is. Right. That's a hybrid that sounds. Uh, well, I guess I am a little curious mm -hmm. just based mm -hmm. on. Uh, mm -mm. Yeah, my mama said knock you out. You hear about this? There you go. Yep, there you go. The we went, we went there. Kristen tried to stop it. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Kristen's head went down. Yep, mm -hmm. that's it. I, I got knocked out by that. Yeah. Well, gang, we haven't even gotten to what we're going to be doing for this episode, which the is big, going through. The big Crocstober. Yeah, Crocstober. We are going to be talking about and I want to I want to lay this preface down before we go ahead because I could see this premise upsetting people. I know I I think I speak for Kristen and myself. We like all these artists. We think they all should be in the hall. They have a lot of great songs. Pretty non-controversial class. Yes, I would agree with that. I agree as well. That being said, we're going to talk about some songs that are not at the top of their discography some stinkers some, some some stinkers so i just want to make sure that has been laid out there we're not saying any of these people suck there's a certain fan base that i think might try to jump <laughs> down our throat i won't say who that is but i want that to be clear and also before we really jump into the topic we've already made our way to a break so let's take a little break and then when we come back we will jump into the stinky songs from the rock halls class of 2022 don't go anywhere Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice little break there. We hope over your break, you talked about something you're afraid of revealing publicly. Wow. Uh, let's go into some of these stinky songs. You know, these, uh, Kristen's laughing every time I call them stinky. Stinky this is, is such a very funny word. This is meant to thematically fit with what makes a song stink, the the title of Patch. I get it. I think stinker is a better Some stinkers? Term. Okay, stinkers. yeah, let's talk about some stinkers. If you stinkers. say they're stinky songs, that just sounds like you're trying to shield a child's ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's start off with one that was kind of difficult. And I found one, but, you know, it's... The song itself maybe isn't too terrible. Anyway, let's start with Dolly Parton. At first, when I saw the existence of the song, I thought it was a joke. But she does have a song from 1968 off of her second album called I'll Oil Wells Love You. I'll Oil Wells Love You And I'll Oil Wells Care And I'll Oil Wells Need You I Want You Oil This is a good six years before I Will Always Love You would come out, which is what was so... uh surprising to me was that this is actually the original so to speak yeah this seems like it would be a parody on some sort of you know 70s laugh-in adjacent <laughs> like uh yeah. show yeah. yeah lazy comedy i show. i didn't know this song at all so like okay so i'm like a guy that what makes this song stink guy right so now that i'm just like this i feel like i'm just this dark cloud that just comes into people's <laughs> shows like you know this song stinks but like I had a really tough time. So you were you the one that actually came up with this list because I was thinking mm-hmm. to myself, I'm like, all right, I agree with you. Like, I I love, you know, I have no problems with Duran Duran. I have no problems with Dolly Parton. I have no problems with, I have no problems with Priest. They rip. Like, the thing is, is like all of these, all of these artists are, are fine by me. But like, yeah, of course they're going to have shitty songs, but everybody has shitty songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like the way that it goes. So you have to pick like, but the but the songs that you came up with, I mean, this song, <laughs> I'll all well, oil, oil wells. So now, listen to it. Oh, go. go ahead. No, I was I was agreeing with you though, Chris, in that it has this like Sesame Street laugh in kind of quality to it, where it's just like 
This is like how you would do a pun, kids, if you wanted to. Like you but could like, see it on the Muppet show with like a big cowboy puppet, like a cowboy mm-hmm, Muppet next mm-hmm. to her, you know, and she's singing to the to the cowboy Muppet. It's like kind of like a little winky, a little parody, but a little grown up, you know, like a gold digger type anthem. I don't know. Yeah. I, as like a pun, for example, I kind of like it. You know, I think it's fun if, if, and especially considering that she's going to go on to become very famous for a song called I Will Always Love You. It's fun, like on a show where I don't know, we're currently in one of the worst pun month names that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no shade to early in June lengths, but I think that we should almost appreciate that it is a bad pun. I like it. I, I'll it, oil, it fits oil yeah, love you. Like, with, with our whole deal the last few months. Yeah, it's I guess just for an artist that would then go on not only to write I Will Always Love You, but to be like a relatively sincere artist with some like heart-wrenching love songs for something like this slight, it just sticks out in her catalog. You know what else sticks out about this song is that it's called I'll Oil Wells Love You. <laughs> but also like... Here's the thing, though. It's kind of Little Mermaid-y, though. If we're talking about, like, you know, because there is no last verse where it's just like, I, I'm miserable now because I chased money and not love. She just ends up with this guy. At yep. the happily end of the ever song. after. Yeah, yeah. and happily she, ever after. Happy ever after Cause all is well That ends well She chased the oil tycoon guy from Texas. She got him. Batted her Dolly Parton eyelashes and you know I'm not sure how Dolly she was at that time in 68 but she's you know what I mean she She is look at the album cover she was she was Dolly at that point okay so she's dollied up but her sound you know her voice is great and she's singing this song but it's a kind of terrible you know it's kind of like yeah it's it's a pretty bad message for uh Dolly to be saying out there I think that's also kind of fun it's fun to see her like tell us to do something wrong or like celebrate (laughs) a bad person you know because you don't often see Dolly celebrating anybody she's just always right she's always kind she's always sweet if she's hurting it's because somebody did her wrong not because she's out here trying to dig for oil so it's kind of empowering in a way. I'll switch my thing in the hotel. Okay. She can do whatever she wants. Go there ahead. Go. Chase the money if you want. It is an easier life. I mean, it's an easier <laughs> life. You have to like, you'll have a lot of internal pain. You're going to have some tough nights when you're laying next to it. But then, you know, the tycoon's probably going on some business trips. Who's to say they, you know? Yeah. You're not, you're maybe this is, you can fill in the guy. rest of the world for her, you know? <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, it's hard to find a, a truly bad Dolly song. Yeah, musically, know? this song also is like perfectly fine, I would well, say. Well, the thing yeah, about it, sounds... too, I think if we had gone a little into the 80s, she had some kind, some of the songs that we that were picked for today are like very much victims of their time, where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, man, the yeah. 90s were hard, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, for, yeah, for for the most part, I tried not to, like, pick everybody's song from 2015 or something. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's almost unfair. It's like, yeah, of course. Well, I think in particular, I think of, like, Straight Talk, which I think is a pretty, it's, a, it's not a bad song. It's, like, one that was on the radio in the 80s, and she made that movie. She made a movie called Straight Talk or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. like, where she's a radio host who tells it like it is. And, you know, maybe maybe name. John McCain used it for the Straight Talk Express in the 2000s. I don't know. But that song is like also it's just got a little bit of a 
80s vibe to it, you know, but I I think like it is it, you'd be really hard pressed to find a truly terrible Dolly Parton song. But we, cha- she, we challenge she, she our writes listeners. a good song. Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. you have one, if you've got one that you think stinks more than I'll oil wells love you, tweet Chime it in. at Joe or yeah. send it to the email and uh <laughs> Yeah, and you let know, him at, deal with it. Because it Please. does kind of just sound like a Hank Williams song. I mean, it's it's just a classic country song, mm-hmm. in that you know it didn't really piss me off. The only thing about it is the oil wells love you, but it's almost like that's kind of awesome that's in a way fun. coming in '68. But I will say I have a slightly controversial take, and we don't need to go down this. I'm not a big Jolene guy, and the only reason why is just because it's just endlessly Jolene, 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 Jolene. Like the whole entire thing, Jolene, 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 Jolene. And when you're at open mics, everybody, everybody comes. It's just how many people at open mics are going to sing that thing. Yeah, and I've kind of been Jolene. I've been Jolene to death, and it's an A minor, and it's and it's just endlessly. It just keeps going. Jolene just keeps going. So that's that's my controversial, slightly controversial take. Is that it? I don't think it's a bad song. I'm just Jolene out. Right. Yeah. No, you you are specifically positioned where you're going to be exposed to it uh, in a way that will yeah drive you insane. I get that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. fully get that. Um, we're going to kind of jump around here a little bit. No real rhyme or reason to the next song we're going to go to. But I will say, you know, I did I did a decent amount of research for these. But this next song is one that I didn't have to think about. It's a song I really don't like. And it's from 2004. It's Just Lose It by Eminem. Now lose it. his fifth album encore but really this is like the fourth slim shady album as we think of it and it's in the tradition of the first single released from the album is from the shady persona we had my name is on the first one we had real slim shady on the next one then we had without me on the next one all of them bangers all of them leading up to the coup de gras (laughs) I, it, this is such a misfire, like because part of what M would do with those songs I just mentioned is they were like very timely. topical. Mm-hmm. Yes, very timely. And he was like going after relatively fresh targets and out of nowhere. I mean, like I get that Michael Jackson was having legal troubles again around this time, but this like transports him back into the most tired nineties joke territory. And it is just so disappointing that he goes for all this completely overdone territory. MC hammer Beavis and butthead in the, in the video, he's got a, the Madonna cone bra. This, all this stuff is the stalest shit. And then the fucking hook is a peewee Herman laugh go to hell you know and then all the just like i mean granted it's never fresh the homophobia like that's never but like jesus christ it's just it's like pathetic i really think this song is just and it's there's nothing really clever he also sounds bored when he's rapping like it's there's not you know oftentimes like he sounds like he's pleased with himself that he's being clever and that he and it, um, a little stinker being a little stinker our, yeah being a little Thank stinker you. exactly Thank he you. is he loves to be a little shit mm-hmm. and like in this song it's just like he's phoning it in it's boring it sucks the production value on it is just sad and yet 
it's also interesting to you never ever hear him try to make like quote unquote a dance song do you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and this song many times encourages you to dance everyone report to the dance floor all right stop pajama time Come here, which is like very not his vibe at all this it just feel, this feels feels like point, yeah I don't know, cynical even for Eminem. <laughs> Feels to me like it's a bad Weird Al song. Like yes. Weird Al would keep this one off the record. Like he'd be like, yeah, man, I can't. What am I talking about? Madonna? I'm doing a 1989 Madonna joke in 2004. No, this feels like a Jay Leno song. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like this is we're LL really cool going to keep. Leno. Yeah, this is LL Cool Jay Leno's song. Yeah. Very that. It's just, it, it's everything is dated and. Ugh. He's his teepee for my bunghole in 2004. Like you know what I mean? Like I was over that when I was playing Little League, like, or I was going to, I was teenager league, and I was like, all right, Mike Judge. It's just like teepee for my bunghole. We could wrap that one up. Like it's, it wasn't the best part of Beavis and Butthead, as far as I'm concerned. And then he's throwing out a teepee for my bunghole in 2004. He's you know, out here. And, and and I think we can all say that Mr. Mathers is a clever guy. So it's just like. Was it the record label saying, like, we need that first Slim Shady song, that first My Name Is, the the zany tune? Like, I feel like in 2004, and I am not an Eminem historian here, I, I appreciate him. I'm not saying that, you know, I know how talented he is. I know how good he is. But, like, I feel like by 2004, didn't he have enough clout where he could have just went in a different direction? Like, this could have been, like, we don't need to start a record off with this zany song. You know I mean, mean, I've done it. I've done it three times. I'm ready to do something else. Well, you know that what they say, it's like the rule of force. Oh, (laughs) so uh, he had to make sure that he got that one in. He wasn't going to. Okay. I forgot. Uh, We know from the lyrics because he references it. This is post eight mile. This is post Academy award win. He did not need to do that. He should have been able to do whatever he wanted, which makes me think that he he wanted to do it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Was he on drugs at this time? Like, mm. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know the was... timeline. He looks healthy in the video. He looks healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I watched, I I watched the know. video. It's Is this post Bad Santa too? Like when did yeah, Bad Santa They literally have the same actor playing the elf. He's doing like a Bad Santa. Yeah, that at that least doesn't is work. You can't do that. You can't just take the Bad Santa and then do Bad Santa again, except now yeah. you're Bad Santa. No, everything you know? about this is rehashed and just bad. No There's nothing extra level or original layer. or interesting about this song at all. Right. It's, but can you it's imagine a Eminem, real stinker. Can you imagine Eminem on a podcast about things that we've done in our life that we get torched? You can't. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're coming at him right now. Oh, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not scared. I don't think he's going to come for me. And if okay. he did, you know, I welcome it. Come on, let's All go, right. Marshall. Yeah, I've got a few thoughts. See what you got. Yeah, oh, there's yeah, also that song stinks. There's a and there's a fart noise in the song as well. There is. is oh like, my god! Yeah. <laughs> Just the part where he says, Oh boy, I mean girl. I mean girl. Over and yes. over again. It's just like the most moronic, juvenile, homophobic joke. And to make it like the centerpiece of your song, it's just pathetic. It's I know it was 2004, bad times, but like still what are we doing? But hey, why don't we uh why don't we go back to 1978, guys? Ah, a time when things couldn't be simpler. Inflation was out of control. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got Gas Carly prices. Simon releasing her seventh album Boys in the Trees featuring a song called Debat Fly in Me Face. Party, and I'm feeling a little spaced, and I walk on in 
kitchen and a bad fly in me face. You know, classic Carly. <laughs> I mean, listen, we like Carly. She is, you know, a white woman from a wealthy family. You know, there's a certain amount of privilege that maybe blinds you to what is acceptable. I would say doing a song like this is outside the realm of uh, what is. Now, uh, where does this stand in the timeline with Graceland? This is this is six years before. So this is a very pre-Graceland because I'm yes. feeling some I'm feeling some of that Paul Simon energy in this song. I'm feeling some well, I've I been mean, to Africa appropriation. Right. You know, I mean, speaking of Harry Belafonte, this feels like a, yeah. a Calypso song, you know? Yes. But it's also got that reggae vibe that everybody was doing. But the thing with that is like John Lennon at Stepping Out, like not a very good song, but it's got like, you know, basically No Woman, No Cry as the verse. And they were singing a little bit with the Jamaican inflection, mm-hmm. you know, inflection there. But this one is like, Mama say they gonna go like Carly Simon. Like, again, this feels like a this feels like a Sesame Street kids show like Mm -hmm. this is what a this is how a reggae song goes but like they should be singing about you know how you tie your shoes Mm -hmm. instead of like this is basically a a shoes instructional song. a white person who did not grow up in the caribbean should not be allowed to use de as the Mm -hmm. (laughs) like And, and and let's be let's be super clear this isn't like carly's covering a like traditional Caribbean song. She oh, wrote oh she wrote this. She wrote wow. this. Oh, this yeah. was something she wrote and how, then performed. How did this happen? Did anybody say anything? That's <laughs> the question I ask all the time. It's all the time. How did it get through everybody? How did were it these, get through the band? The was producer? this played on on the radio? No, was this, this is an album or anything. Cut. This is an this album. This is an cut. album cut. So, which is the most, uh, you know excusable i think about this you know which is that like unless you've got boys in the trees you do not know this song and you know it's interesting talking about you know like this should be uh, some version of this should be like on sesame street carly simon would eventually go on to do a relatively popular version of itsy bitsy spider that's what i was about to say because <laughs> i thought for sure you were going to choose itsy bitsy Spider. because i think coming around again is one of the most beautiful carly simon songs like i truly love that song but i grew up in a house that owned carly simon's greatest hits and that has the mashup that goes into a children's choir singing itsy bitsy spider at the end of it that that was just how the song went mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. that's the live uh yeah live mashup as you said it is unfortunate but it's a bit spider ribs compared to her her bullshit reggae song now i think that like <laughs> almost everybody did disco like all the greats did like a disco song and a reggae mm-hmm. song like they all did it like the kinks the stones Beatles, everybody was everybody was doing that kind of stuff. And I feel like if the song was good, it works. But her this song stinks. Like it's not like it's just she's only doing like she's singing with the, you know, reggae. It's it's still if if it was a if it was a good tune, I feel like maybe that would help it out. But man, I heard it for the first time today and it's rough. I heard it for the first time today as well. And here's <laughs> I'm now I'm reading the lyrics again and I'm thinking to myself. 
because I'm now re- learning that she wrote this song, that this is not right. her doing some kind of cover of, of, you know, a Caribbean artist. I think this is based on a real life experience. I think what <laughs> happened to her is she came down to the kitchen to get herself a little snack. And then there was a bat. Bat. It flew in her face. She's famously resident of Martha's Vineyard. Okay. Um, is that I a went- bat heavy area? I don't know. It sounds, it seems like a place where a bat could fly and, you know, you come down to the kitchen in your big old spooky house and you trying to get a snack and a bat flies in your face. And she thought, I got it. Maybe it even like, maybe she went into a patois when it happened and she went, Oh no, the bat fly in me face or whatever. <laughs> oh, and oh she boy, went, yeah. got to get myself up to my writing room and just bang this one out. Maybe it came out in a fugue state. Well, if you want to write a song about a bat flying in your face, I mean, it, that is the way to do it. Because if you just sang, if if I sang in my normal voice where I don't sing, the bat fly in the face, man. But the thing with like reggae is that you can you can make statements a little easier and a little more succinctly where like Carly would have to be like, the bat flew in my face. Mm-hmm. The bat flew in my face. It, it sounds just mm-hmm. like... Like now something, it, yeah, is wrong. Now it turns into a eurythmic song, who we're going to talk mm-hmm. about next. But it'd yeah. be like I could see Annie Lennox, do 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 do, then the bat flew in my face. They you know, should in maybe like have a minor swapped. Kind of key. They should yeah. maybe have swapped. I would actually prefer the eurythmics to do this song, and then do you want to talk? Well, should we talk Carly about the eurythmics? Should we yes. talk about this song from their sixth album, 1987, Savage? Beethoven in parentheses. I love to listen to. They had the gall to release this as the lead single off of this album. This was a single? This was their, yeah. I mean, this I is maybe flying a little too either. close to the, to the sun here with Eurythmics, because this is a challenging, monotonous, dare I say, even pretentious of a concept, mm-hmm. you know, of, you know. What year did this come out? 87. 87. Beethoven. It really, imagine putting this on to a, uh, listen to for yeah. any reason it feels like someone trying to prove their art school cred you know it really mm-hmm. feels like somebody trying to be like well we're just not for everyone either you get it or you don't are you in it's got a, a good amount of spoken word which yes is... exactly something that i Ugh. nope the only people to do it are boys to men <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true that's it that's the only word spoken uh that i want to hear and and specifically this spoken word sounds like it's being made up on the spot yep because it's like take, take a girl, girl, like take a girl put her in a setting, setting. like a cafe Example. Along comes a boy. <laughs> like okay, I have to. This doing? is the second time I've ever. I, I'm just giving myself oh, yeah. like a yeah, refresher. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Hang on, I'm <laughs> like, gonna listen to it too. Let and, me. Re- they, I listened to it in the car today, and I was like, "What on earth is going on?" Plus, it's like it's not like Annie and Dave needed to tell us that they're artistic people. We were there. Yeah. Like, we at this get point, it. you know Sixth what I mean. Album, like, it's clear. But I mean, listen, Annie's a weirdo. We know that. Like, she's cool. It does sound like a song you would come up with to make fun of them. It does. It does. That's a great point. I will say, I don't think that the chorus is particularly awful. You know, you have to make it there, though. Yeah. But it's also kind of, listen, I know that this is weird, but I'm also kind of into this one. It no, might be my I know. It's not that bad. Of these. Like, 
It's kind of like the first time you hear Devo's Satisfaction, right? I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man. Like, this doesn't sound like the Stones. This is weird. This is me when I first seen them on Saturday Night Live, a repeat. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, but then I'm like, wait a second. This version rules. Like, Devo's awesome. So yeah. it's just kind of like, I feel like this is just a product of the times, like you were saying, with production and stuff. But I'm also like. No, I know. I w- I actually found myself bobbing my head to yeah. this song. And I will say, I don't it was think difficult. this song is that that bad. It was tip- It was difficult to find a eurythmic song that was like particularly egregious. Yeah, I think like, it's just more ridiculous. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah. if you're listening to a eurythmics album and this comes on, you're you're just gonna let it ride. You're just gonna be like, all right. I think I can't imagine it being a a single, but that but I can imagine people in a cool new york city club in the 80s dancing to this you know kind of with no expression on their face no expression on their face you know looking like some sprockets extras you know Uh like uh it feels very berlin dark night everyone's wearing black you know and then like people are seeing and being seen like that's what i'm getting from it yeah, totally. And I don't it's, know if Eno is Eno involved in this track. Like, I kind of feel like there's. I don't know if no, if, if I mean, Stewart was Dave just Stewart. Still you're just feeling yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like he's good. The thing about him is he's he's good. He can make a track. Oh, I love Dave Stewart. He's good news. That's why this class is good. This yeah. class is good. Yeah, Usually, right. there's somebody for me to be mad about the Foo Fighters, but like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. I don't even hate them that much, but boy. They were the ones last year. Who do I not like this year? Who am I mad about this year? I mean, Anybody? I would say I would say the artists that you were most kind of initially rolling your eyes at, and we can talk about them next, is Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Yeah, I'm just not that excited about it. I don't hate that he's getting in. I'm just like, oh, fine. It's also yeah. like if this excludes the Commodores from getting inducted, which we fear that it might, then that's a real bummer. Oh, uh, it definitely does. Definitely yep. does because oh, the Commodores have a much more fun discography, and they're definitely, I would say, more rock and roll in spirit. You know, yeah. part of the thing about Lionel is that he's, uh, you know, great, great songwriter, you know, and had a lot of hits, but he's soft. Well, out of all of the songs here, and I'm and I'm including the Pat Benatar song that we're going to talk we'll get about to in a second. <laughs> this is the only song that I would do a video on, right? Um, dancing on dancing the ceiling, on the ceiling, thanks. I would absolutely give it my stink stamp of approval. I mean, it's 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 long. It's talking about dancing on a ceiling. <laughs> it's really, really long. Like, do you know how long this song is? It might be, I, I, it might only be 412 or something. I think it's four minutes, half. yeah. Four and a half. Four and a half is long. <laughs> and it's like the point was made in the first 40 seconds. Like, okay, oh, what a feeling. It's like we're dancing on the ceiling. All right, we're good. No. Three and a half more minutes. Like, yeah, and we don't progress any anywhere. Really. No, it just keeps going. Um, so this <laughs> song stinks. This is a widely reviled song, and it has an arpeggiator in it. Like the beat, like it has like a um like a Dream Policey, uh, Babbo O'Reilly kind of which always yeah. is kind of going to be like, all right, I I can hang with this, but that doesn't even help it. Nothing really happens in this tune at all. I mean, huge hit, huge hit, huge Absolutely. hit. The biggest See, that's hit the thing about that is our list on this list. This is the song that is just. I mean, maybe just lose it was also a hit though too. 
no, I mean, I, I knew it when I started listening to it. And I was like, oh yeah, I've heard this song, but dancing on the ceiling, obviously I've heard it as well. Mm-hmm. And probably the song, if any, our listeners have heard before, you've definitely heard dancing. On the ceiling. And I do think that this song sucks and yet it doesn't upset me. I like, hate to I say it, it. There's something irresistible about it. Like I get why it's still played on the radio. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and also what a fun idea. <laughs> just imagine our just feet imagine. which are usually upon the ground have and now I mean, reversed and yeah but at the same time if we're breaking the laws of physics here like i would rather do i'd rather i'd do something else besides like oh man we could do this now like let's go dance on okay. the ceiling that's you know, what like, that would be my number one thing what's more fun so physics out the window what are you gonna do you're gonna dance you're gonna celebrate head up on onto the ceiling Look we're, down at those below you. We're partying you underwater. I would <laughs> rather Eve, <laughs> okay. Eve, eavesdrop on the ceiling. I'd rather eavesdrop. Like, get eavesdrop. me into a higher, uh, you know, bigger, like, get, get me into like a 20-foot ceiling room, like a big room where people might necessarily look up at uh-huh. a function or something like that where people know me. I'm going well, to dance up there. I'll dance up there when no one's around, but then I'm just going to kind of hang and, you know, see if anyone's talking shit. Hanging like debat. The bat, the bat, the the fly in the face. Um, it's all coming together, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, if I'm if I'm floating to the to the ceiling, what I'm going to do is I'm going to steal the secret recipe for the fizzy soda or for the impossible gobstopper, the never ending gobstopper. Or whatever. I that see. Was, that was a long way to Wonka. go for a Willy Wonka. Reference? I was like, is there some for fans uh, of the original movie when they they Lionel drink Richie the bubbles? They go on to the, they go, they bubble on up to the ceiling. They're almost going to get the fan is going to chop them. Which uh, Carly says in Debat, the bat is radar, so we can go through a fan. Just, I, sorry to keep referencing the song we want to move on from, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lionel Richie, dance, I mean, Dancing on the Ceiling, that is, you know, of all these songs, that is one that will be listed on like the worst songs of all time. People seem to really uh, have an issue with this song. Well, I mean, I think- it's the- the second verse let's just go through the first two verses here because yeah, you have to set up uh-huh. you have to set up dancing on the ceiling right mm-hmm. like you can't just like start a song and then all of a sudden you're on the ceiling so okay what is happening here something's going on and it's not quite clear it's very close to buffalo springfield out of the gate it's true something's yeah. happened yeah. here i could see here's the thing though stills would have sat in on this song he would have because he had yeah. the steinberger guitar without the headstock he would have looked great in the video <laughs> um somebody turn on the lights we're gonna have a party it's starting tonight second verse the room is hot and that's good and that's good and that's good <laughs> some of my friends he rises okay see now i'm getting it now oh, i'm yeah. now i'm even more into this oh, song wow kristen you just kind of nailed here it right we go there. i'm like right, some of my friends came by from the neighborhood very that, nice okay so yep. hood rhymes with good the people started a climb in the walls hell yeah so he brings it blowing in the wind. He he, Bob Dylan's mm-hmm. the people start a climbing, a climb in the walls. Oh, it looks like everybody is gonna have a ball. They're having a ball. That sounds great. And then we're back in. What a feeling. Yep. Okay. Last verse. So come on, let's get loose. Don't hold back, cause ain't no use. Hard to keep your feet on the ground, cause when we like to party, we only want to get down. Interesting. Yeah. So even yeah, though going they, up, you've got to get up to get down. 
but maybe no well maybe they're up there but what he's the, what really the song is all about is that you, you could get trapped, trapped up there like the upside yeah. down world stranger things now yeah, all we want out there. we only want to get down please they, anything yeah he, he predicted the he predicted stranger things he did 40 years from then <laughs> right he said, there yep this is gonna happen yeah. oh what a feeling we're dead yeah you know what now i now i like this song even more i wish it was five minutes <laughs> okay give it another 30 <laughs> throw, another, throw another 30 on there but it's all for the chorus and i feel like it's all for the chorus in a way that like some hair metal band songs were all for the chorus like up all night sleep all day sing me the verse of that no idea but you know the up all night yeah like all of those verses though i couldn't you can't you you never know what song it is until it's like you know she's only 17 it's like only the choruses are like and that's what i feel like uh dancing on the ceiling is just like let's get to that next chorus okay uh speaking of hair metal they're precursors should we do that why not why not go to a song that comes up almost every time we talk about Judas Priest, someone is like, oh yeah, you like the song Turbo Lover, which is off of their 10th studio album from 1986, Turbo. I, I chose this because again, like it's, it just seems like the one that comes to mind. But Turbo pretty, Lover. But it's pretty good. It's Honestly, like, did you listen to it? It's pretty awesome. Now I could see a priest fan not being into it because it's like their dancey 80s kind of like. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're listening to like the early records that are just like, you know, they're just ripping metal records. But like for me, yeah. that, like I'll take priest or I'll leave. Like I'm all right with priest. They rip. But like this song, I was getting into it's it. It's fun. No, I was, I was like, put it. this in a sex montage in an 80s movie. You know what I mean? Go right. ahead. Yeah. But I think even Priest fans now going back are like, this was fun. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's worse departures. But then again, I don't I don't want to piss off any JP fan here. And, you know, so I don't know if like it's 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 real bad for me to say that I think that this was I, I enjoy this song. But I, feel I also like-, like that it's being sung by a gay man. It's like it feels very homoerotic if you really like, you know, if you yeah. just. With, Think with about it. New context, you can see this in a different way. And I, yeah, I like that it's kind of gender neutral. And it's, I don't know, it's about having, I don't know, hot heavy metal sex. It's a uh, well. It's, if you if you want to not... know the uh, the summation from the website Genius, oh. uh, the song compares the sexual act to driving a powerful car and racing it, looking for many metaphors between a rush of power and the thrill of a speed in both cases. Hey. The song compares the sexual act. Okay, anyway. (laughs) It's just an example of a genre that's not too good. And so it's like a fine example of a, like, 80s hair sex ballad or, like, sex Mm -hmm. montage song or, you know, some kind of... I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like metal doesn't often sing about the sex act as you will <laughs> the sexual act uh, in that way like hair metal does yeah heavy metal is usually about like genocide or yeah. you know <laughs> different yeah non uh romantic concepts and so this is kind of a this is a bit of a romance song for the genre well i mean i think rob's a romantic guy and love also machines this, this in harmony we hear the engines cry the video is great we get this to see a skeleton incredible. ride a motorcycle Wait, i did not watch the video it's, it's and i am the, regretting it it's one it of the has best. the vibes of making your own music video at a theme park 
Yes. Yeah, it he's, does. He's like dancing in front of a green screen, doing like a silly little dance. And it's like, go, go ahead, Rob, do your thing. And it's, I sometimes forget, you know, like I associate Rob Halford with the cue ball with the fully bald head, but you know, this was in the era where he had some, had some locks. Yeah. He was holding on. You could see that it's on the way out, yeah. you know, me <laughs> yes. as, as, as being a bald man, I, I'll tell you that, you know, we all knew that he was, uh, yeah, he was heading towards the door, but you know, he was still holding on. There is a comment under this video that I'll highlight by Elias underscore S. I am a car mechanic, and here is a tip for you all. When you play this song on your car's audio, it automatically gains 20% horsepower. And that's a car mechanic. That's a car you mechanic. Know, he, wouldn't he, can't. he wouldn't lie. That's a priest fan right there. That's that's taking the time out to comment under Turbo Lover uh, about a year ago. So, you know. <laughs> oh, a year ago, too? <laughs> Love oh, yeah. it. All right. So we can, we can, you know, we could acknowledge the genre, the era, but we can, we can maybe give a stamp of approval to turbo lover. Uh, yeah. It's not that bad. It's not good, but it's, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't, I'm not offended. You, you know, we, uh, we referenced it a, a little bit. So why don't we move to Pat Benatar? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is an album track from her debut in 1979 in the heat of the night. This song is called my clone sleeps alone. My clone sleeps alone. She's out on her own forever. This is fucking wild. Yeah, this, this is great. This is wild. This is great. You don't get songs like this anymore, man. It sounds to me like it should have been in a musical. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It does not sound like a rock song. It sounds like it's in like a sci-fi opera. Yes. You know, no naughty clone ladies in the 80s. No, no, no naughty clone ladies allowed in the 80s. That is honestly, that's a sleigh. <laughs> it's almost like Jim Steinman takes mm-hmm. this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you think you think you could be a little dramatic or you could be a little over the top? No bombastic. way, man. My clone does not sleep alone. Or my my clone does sleep alone. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Let's um, be clear. No, no bed names, no sex games, just clone names and clone games. I did not have this one at all. And when you asked me, like, okay, Pat Benatar, think about a, a Pat Benatar song that stinks. I was like, I can't. All of her hits rule. I love all of her hits. I'm sick of Best Shot and I don't want it. But like love is a battlefield. Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Rips. Like yeah. all we of belong. her hits. We belong. Amazing. The Billie Jean song. Whatever Invincible. that is. Uh-huh. Invincible. Incredible. Yeah. Like all of her all of her hits are awesome. So I was just like, I never, you know, so I'm bummed out hearing them because you hear them so much sometimes. But like sure. And I never delved into the records and I didn't realize that this was on her first record in this song. Like I said before, his Fucking wild. No BD, no cancer on no TV's the answer. No BD. You know what? That's the answer. It's to be your clone sleeps alone. Don't have sex. You won't get VD. Think about I, it that way. I wrote one note. Can you guys see what I wrote down there? No VD. No VD. I was just, that's the only <laughs> note I wrote for this whole episode. Is that yeah. she has a clone. So in the song, she has a clone, but her clone is her dream life. Like, but she's also singing this song with her. Was he, were they married at this time? Neil Giraldo, no, right? No, they weren't. Um, this okay. is her. Oh, she's probably with, with Benatar. Maybe, maybe oh, yeah, still, or maybe yeah. recently separated. But yeah, you know, the, I think the making of this album was the the initial blossoming, blossoming of her fellow inductee, Neil Giraldo. Neil Giraldo. Right. And they did it right. They did it right somehow. They were able to keep the ego and the relationship together, even though Neil was like second for a long time and he still always will be. 
but he got his name on there. He got he his did. name on yeah, there. Yeah, he yeah. really right, did. Neil. Which is saving their relationship, I'm sure. It's not just, yeah. I you mean, know. Yeah, they seem to love each other. So uh, right. congrats to them both on their win. Right, because nobody really cares about Neil Giraldo. And I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry, Neil. They don't. It's like Dave Stewart. Like, people know Dave Stewart, and they were the Eurythmics. You know what I mean? Because I think Dave Stewart was just so, you know. I'm not saying that Neil's not great. I think that Neil writes a good tune, and he's a fine guitar player or whatever. But, I mean, like, you know. He ben, needs to ben know Atari. his place. <laughs> uh, I, and I'll say it because we're not here for you, Neil. And like, can't you no. just be happy that you're a part of your wife's megastar stellar success yeah, and that yeah. you are going to be on stage with her and that she is going to, you are going to be the first person she thanks and you are a huge part of the band, but no, you want more. You want to be Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo, near Neil Giraldo again. See, if you wanted to be a part of that band, you should have changed your name to Neil mm-hmm. Benatar. And they yeah. should have went Pat and Neil Benatar. They should have went to Benatar and Giraldo, like in the nineties. That's that's what they mm-hmm. should have done. Like, or they could know. have just been called Benatar, and he should have taken the name Benatar. I'm yeah. just saying I mean, that's actual feminism. Here's the deal: is I believe the record company was not going to let her do that. It right. was, you know, we are going to be a solo artist and we are going to package you as Pat Benatar, regardless of the fact that you have a band. And let's not fucking forget that there were other people in the band who continued to, like Neil Giraldo, write songs for her. You know, they had a, for a long time, their drummer was a guy named Myron Grombacher, and he is on from the from the second album. He's on all the, the classic ones and he contributed and wrote songs and stuff, but let's not, you know. let's not like, like, let's not like just gloss over Myron Grom. Myron, this is Myron how, Erasure. How am I not having that? How have I not had that oh name? Oh my God. The Grombach? Myron Grombacher. Myron Grombacher, Scott St. Clair Sheets. What? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> it got some fun, this some fun Final names. tap shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted but to I give mean, a shout out to the, to those guys. I think that Neil Giraldo is fine, but you know, at the same time, I feel like, you know, it's bad. It's bad, you know. It's yeah, like the movie said, it's Pat. It's true. Um, all right, let's <laughs> let's go to our our last song. And I kind of yeah. wait. I I was waffling between uh, a few different ones, but I think we landed on a good one, which is I think it's got to be from their eighth studio album, which is a covers album from 1995 mm-hmm. called "Thank You." I think we have to go with Duran Duran's version of 911 is a joke. no idea i woke up today not knowing this man it really they shouldn't be singing the song and then they also chose to do it almost like it's a beck song the yeah. production Good. and the rapping is very because there's that, there's that acoustic in there so mm-hmm. i woke up today not knowing that duran duran covered 911 is a joke so thank yeah. you for that joe that one of the best emails i've ever got but i will say this <laughs> i love 911's joke and i looked at and i didn't know that they're so that's a, for everybody listening. That is a public enemy public classic enemy song. Flavor Flav classic. I think it was on Fear of Black Planet. Right. It's it's an awesome song. And then I was like, okay, well, 
Duran Duran were picking songs off of their cover album. So in 95, they had nothing left in the tank. And they're like, what do you do? A cover record, right? <laughs> and then I'm looking at the track list. They're all good songs. I mean, Duran Duran knows, like, if you were hanging out with Duran Duran, you're probably going to be listening to some good stuff, you know? They were covering, like, a Bowie songs on there. There's a Velvet Underground song on there. There's, Those all like, make sense for yeah, what you would make, expect them to cover. They make sense. The White Lines did not need to happen. Um, you know, because you can't. Well, make a that's song. one I I do also want to talk about. I I agree though that nine one one. It's like, it's tonally they should not be singing that song. First of all, they're British. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't know what they're. If yeah, they, do they, they have nine one one number. Uh, no, it's uh zero one one that you call there. I believe I did study abroad. Um, but uh. Ooh. Never talk about it. Um, yeah, some, yeah, it never yeah, comes it up. It never comes I up. You. I never talk about my time in Europe, Mm-mm. but uh, just I think you can tell, so I don't really have to talk about it. Um, <clears> but <throat> with your, but sorry, just clearing my throat. Go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, but nine one one is a joke. It is a fun song with a very serious message, mm-hmm. and what the hell. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing here? You are very correct in calling it kind of like a Beck version of the song. The guitar and kind of just the singing through a distorted mic. It's yeah. it's bad. And the beat is the best part. Like, the beat of that song is awesome. Like, I always get mad when, like, you know, when you hear, like, hip-hop songs that, yeah, the raps and the verses are always, like, important. Like, they're, you know, what makes a great, you know, hip-hop artist or rapper or whatever. But the beat of the song, like we fall in love with the beat of the song. You know what I mean? And when they do the remixes that just don't have that music behind it, it's just kind of like, imagine like Rob Bass, like it takes two without the, yeah. Right. And this song also without like, that's Flav the whole song. Flav. Like mm-hmm. this song is also like Flav so many of its song. key elements are, yeah, are not that now gone. one a long time yeah. ago. And can yeah. you see how like, late they're reacting? I mean, it's the best. You picture the clock. It's awesome. You yeah, know? no, he is, he is such an important part of this song and he is absolutely missed and missing. Yikes. It was was in- this part of the covers album as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting oh, yeah. decision. It's their spaghetti incident, right? Question mark. Like, it's, <laughs> it's this is spaghetti incident. Right. But it's, be- <laughs> but it's better than the spaghetti incidents. Rough. But uh-huh. like, I feel like this one, you know, is is just like they were contractually obligated probably for another record. Right. I would mm-hmm. imagine they need that to seems it, they needed likely. to give the label another record. What are you going to do? We all hate each other. What are we going to do? let's pick some covers where we can get into a room and exactly not have to worry about like you're that part sucks that you're playing right now. And it's always sucked. And all, you know what I mean? You could go in and just do a cover record. I would say the nine one one's a joke is one of the most interesting decisions that's ever been made in all of rock and roll. And I'm not making that up. This is an extremely interesting decision and I can't believe they went through it. Yeah. Well, and to have both that song and then this like kind of egregious cover of White Lines, which legitimately sounds like it should be on the Charlie's Angel soundtrack. It sounds like like a commercial for Twix in 1999. It it feels like Charlie's Angel's full throttle is just like, you know, the, the angels are jet skiing somewhere or whatever and like this song is playing that kind of like production style with like kind of a the the dj scratching and yeah uh, so much it really puts you in that place that 
that's what music sounded like yeah in that exact moment in time but it's and like I, and I'm, it was I'm, not I'm about good. to watch attitude era wwf like there's just so many it's pretty like, garbage garbage like garbage got it down like i feel like the they they got yeah. that sound down perfectly no in see like this to me it and just, this is like, yeah, it doesn't it's, get there yet. It, it almost sounds it, like production music. Like it doesn't, yeah. it sounds like that era's commercial music. It sounds music. like pre-Limp Biscuit, Limp Biscuit. It's like, it's like got some kind of like rap rock incubus in it. I, I, but it's also one of those things where it's like the White Line's original record is like one of the coolest sounding records ever, where it's like, like there's no beating that. You know what I mean? Where it's just what like, if you add a DJ scratch to it, though, and then like you kind of fuzzed out the guitar for some. I'm listening. I'm listening. Got, and then you got in a plane, you flew to Europe and yeah. then you put on some headphones, maybe while you were studying abroad and you yeah, listened to it while you were studying think abroad, about it. maybe writing some letters back to all of those fucking commoners that are just back home they don't yeah, get it they don't get it they never will but yeah it'd be kind of like we were doing lust for life it's like no you can't there's certain songs that just sound so good where it's like you're not going to beat those sounds you you're never I mean? going to make a bet also you duran duran are never going to make a better version of 911 is a joke or of white lines, you know. This is a this is a bit of a yikes. It's chaos, and on some level, we I respect it. <laughs> I somehow do too. This is the weirdest list of like I'm almost into it in a way. Like it feels I feel like, like a smash cut is happening at all times during white lines. It feels like it's just like we're smash cutting to like the heist is happening, and it's like some the, ca goofy... the cars tires screech and yes, yeah. and it's like someone goofy is taking off a rubber mask or whatever. You know, it's very Austin Powers, Charlie's Angels, late '90s, early 2000s soundtrack movie montage and feeling. to their credit this is from 1995 so maybe they were on wait something. what maybe oh, they yeah, were on cutting edge shit I'm okay because to me it feels very late 90s it, it feels, feels like, like 97 that's yeah. how i was thinking 97 so dang but credit maybe, where credit's due maybe fred durst west borland john otto and dj <laughs> lethal were just like huge fans of the duran duran cover of white lines and that's where you know limp Bizkit all came began. from because it all could have started right there I feel like I would take this version over, and this is, could be another controversial. Ordinary worlds always bum me out. I know it's not supposed to be like this exciting song. I know it's like a sad, somber song. Yeah, it's the a fact sad that song. I came into, I was probably 11 or 12 when it came out, and that was my Duran Duran, and it was on constantly on VH1, and I was like, mm -hmm. this song is slow, and it just doesn't really... No, it's not and, like a song that I like or go to, but I don't think it's a bad yeah. song. I'm like, oh, this was for adults. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, that's it's, how I felt when I heard it. I was like, yeah, somebody probably likes this. We yeah. won't be slow dancing at the junior high dance to this one or whatever. That you know? one is for weddings, and that album yeah. is called the wedding album my older ah. sister my older sister got like you know that stuff and then i got for yesterday. <laughs> but we could still listen to their older stuff it, they were still playing it on like that's like i love the 80s was happening you know they were showing us the old stuff too i feel oh, yeah. like 
Well, maybe, you know what? I haven't listened to Ordinary World in a long time. I might put it on after we're done taping and I'm probably going to love it because it's kind of no, like comfortably gonna numb. it's going to bum you out. Well, it's yeah, like, it's true. It's, it's their comfortably numb, right? It I mean, is, It's like yeah. the same song. So like maybe, you know, I will give it a spin today and just see if it still bums me out. Like by bum out, I mean, just like, <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. For sure. But you right. know, now that, now that we're all a little bit older, perhaps we can appreciate the hidden sophistication of, of their more mature work. <laughs> What are Perhaps. they going to open with Rio? So like, so Duran Duran, they're going to yeah. open with, open with Rio and with hungry, uh, like a wolf, hungry, like a wolf. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, may, it may be due an ordinary world is kind of like a, a lighter. I mean, it now would be phone in the mm-hmm. air. Well, song. also it's their, it's my life. I mean, it's their last big hit, right? It's their, it's their. Uh, it's my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh. like, you know, why did you have to say that? Sorry, That's a... I am the guy that does what makes the song stink, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's never too far away. It's Ugh. my life. I bring it up God in damn. almost everything oh, I do. That is like really, truly, that's one of the worst songs in the world. Top five. Top I five wish that song didn't ever. exist with and such a, oh, I hate that song. It's my The worst part about that song is that they think that it is as big of a song as living on a prayer, that they yeah, think the, that they did it again. And the world kind of told them that they the, did. But exactly. Even the the world, worst part of that song is that it is very popular. It is. And that people even, don't know it's bad. But even fans know that they don't like it as much as living on a prayer. Bon Jovi likes to think that they do. I, I mean, <laughs> I know that this is a weird thing I'm asking people to understand, but the way I think about this song is like Bon Jovi thinks that they outdid themselves. The fans are happy that they did it because it sounds exactly like living on a prayer, but they're still not accepting it as much. But as without the like, whoa, 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 wow, whoa. like wow. nothing fun about it. I don't know. Uh, it's my life just sounds like a middle-aged person trying to write from the perspective of a, of a teenager. Like well, Max Martin I, wrote it. So yeah, you're yeah, right. there you mm-hmm. go. Same, that's his thing. That's a Max Martin joint. Dang. Cause they all start. Like if you think of like, yeah, that's a hallmark. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It starts. It's I, I don't. I haven't listened to that song in a very long time. I'm but hearing you, it in my head right now, but yeah, I'm just think about. It starts with like. You seen a song for the broken hearted. But it could easily be Britney going like. I think I did it again. Yeah, you know, it's like the same kind of again. Hearted. You know, same song. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yep. Goddamn. Now I'm mad. Well, See, you brought that's... up a former inductee that I like a lot less than any hey, of the people who are being inducted this year. 2018, your... one of the worst, the first year oh. we started the show, About, the yeah. 2018 induction ceremony was quite um, a stinker in my opinion. Well, guys, we, I think we, we got a good list here of some very strange, sometimes surprisingly catchy other times extremely misguided songs here stinkers from the class of 2022 but i'm into most of them actually yeah and you know that speaks to the uh yeah the maybe the, the strength the quality of, of this class yeah um but pat thank you for for joining us on this one kicking Thanks off rox tover uh what? and i want to give you the opportunity to you know plug away your social media your your own podcast anything you want well, the best song 
seeing that we're like crossed over any tober puns like we're happening all over this episode i've got it you know youtube you just petfinity.net it's got all the bullshit if you like uh long videos about bad songs or podcasts about bad songs you can check me out what makes this song stink but the best song i think this is better than any of the songs we talked about five five dollar five dollar foot long that's a fucking good song. That's one I've of the, always I've always loved the five dollar foot long. Simple. Song. It gets the point across. It's memorable. Yep. Why it's did they do it deal. in October? They should just do September. Oh, I mean, listen. I know. It's, it's it defies it defies logic. But that's it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Pat. Of course, our listeners know they can follow us at Rock All Pod on Twitter and Instagram. RockAllPod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to read your message, you need to designate that somewhere in there. Otherwise, I'm not going to forward it. She doesn't want to read it. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. Anything less would be rude, and I mean that. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. And thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the Rock Hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.